Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. On today's show, we are recapping Hornets Heat, breaking down the best Hornets shimmy shakes this season, and talking about a very special era of professional basketball that we are in. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do in an entire day. You are Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Locked On Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets on this Thursday. The best Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my co-host, my good friend, the man who will get me through uh, the rest of this season, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Oh, thank goodness it's not no, very long, No, you're Doug. crying. You know what's you're so annoying? It's, it's super windy where I am, Doug, and you know how we both feel about wind. It's the just, worst uh, weather pattern ever created. I, just, I didn't need that this morning. Anyway, how's it going, man? Good. I mean, I'm fine. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been, it was a tough night for the Hornets last night. They lose to the Miami Heat. We'll have a full recap of that game coming up. Plus, we were we will break down the best shimmy shakes of this season. Marvin gave us a good candidate last night. And finally, what else are we going to talk about? What's what's on my what they call in we the business talk. the agenda? We can talk. Oh. We can talk draft stuff. We can no, talk, we're not talk, uh, we're not talk summer about stuff. That. We're we not going to talk, talk about that yet. Weather patterns. <laughs> we talked a little draft earlier, and probably got premature with the draft talk. And then the Hornets made the um, run. Um, but we're going to talk about drafts soon. Uh, no, some amazing NBA things that have happened over the past two years. Uh, mm. we're, we are living in a glorious time of NBA basketball, despite what happened to the Hornets last night, uh, losing to the Miami Heat. And essentially, David, is it okay to say that this thing, even though it's not math, listen, I've never been a big fan of math, but this thing is not mathematically over, but I think essentially it is, it is over, right? Um, Doug, if all this amazing stuff in the world hadn't happened in the past 12 months, I'll be with you, but I'm, I'm not giving up, Doug. That's right. I'll put it out there. I'm not giving up. I mean, crazier things have happened, but they currently right, sit. They right. currently sit two and a half games back with three to play. So essentially, okay. everyone would have to lose, and the Hornets would have to win out. And they've got games against Boston, Atlanta, Milwaukee coming up, and that Atlanta Milwaukee is a traveling back to back. So that mm. would be a very tough road for them to hoe at this point, especially after losing two straight. Uh, let's let's just go ahead and get into it. First, I got to tell you, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's my favorite podcast network. It's your team every day. You can get the latest news on NBA, NFL, uh, golf, fantasy sports, and the the important part is uh, we broadcast every weekday. It makes our podcast network special, and it's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. All right, let's talk through this loss to Miami and Charlotte. The Hornets dropped this one one twelve. To ninety nine, uh, where do you want to start with this one, Dave, or David? I mean, you know, essentially, Burr. 
It essentially came down to three-point shooting for uh, Miami. Second straight yeah. night that the Hornets were blitzed by three-point shooting. Yeah, I mean, would they end up with 21 or 22? I stopped counting at 21. Be 21. You stopped counting okay. right at the Perfect. right at the right time. <laughs> and the Hornets attempted. Uh, help me out with that. I stopped counting at 21 there too. Did they attempt any more? Let's see. Yeah, no, they attempted 25. Mm, okay. So they made so they made four less than the Hornets attempted. The Hornets were eight of 25, 32 percent, about on average for them. Uh, Marvin yeah. Williams was shooting well, three of six from beyond the arc. Kimba Walker struggled uh he was good early and then got kind of got stuck on 14 and was kind of ineffective offensively at the end of the game but a lot of that I thought was how physical Miami got with Kimba in the first half I mean Goran Dragic uh was not afraid he was not afraid of getting a foul call uh with being physical with Kimba Walker and it you could see it frustrating him and the the referees were swallowing whistles this was a game that was going to be allowed to be physical and then on the other end, I thought the guards, uh, Drajic, Johnson, were just licking their lips at the prospect of going up against Brian Roberts, who really had a hard time keeping those guys from penetrating, kicking out, uh, really had a hard time with those quick guards. But the, the physicality on Kemba, I thought, David, was a preview of what the Hornets would have faced had they made the playoffs. The, to me, well, that was the recipe, no matter who they would have faced – the, the recipe was going year. to be, yeah, get up into Kemba's shirt, really give him problems and make him give up the ball, and uh, Miami did it to them last night. Yeah, that's going to be the issue until they get him some help. I mean, it's weird to say Kemba's got to get help, got to get help. I mean, it's not like he has no one out there. Obviously, we've gone over the players they have, and Batum's a big piece, and the starters are are uh, are, are one of the better starting lines in the league. But until they get him some help in the backcourt, uh, some more help, People are always going to rush him like that. I mean, it's going to be like that maybe not every night uh, during the regular season, but certainly in the playoffs. So if they have any hopes of advancing further than they have in the past, they, they've got to do something to address that, I think. But, they, I mean, you saw it against Miami last year, Doug. And it's going to be the same way uh, the next time they get in the playoffs if they don't make any changes. But, I mean, look, all the threes, um, the bum rushing of Kemba, and they, st- <laughs> they still somehow had the ball – uh, with a chance, I think, to cut it to four. And Nick missed a dunk. Was that a four-point swing there? And Hus- and Whiteside went down and and, um, and and dunked it. So it Whiteside. was kind of a crazy night. Whiteside yeah. had a weird night. He In the first well, half, zero points, uh, five, five to eight rebounds, somewhere in that range in the first half. Uh, just a very quiet first half for Hassan Whiteside. Only attempted a little weak floater. Uh, was just not a factor early. And then I thought he changed the game completely. There was three-point shooting, and then there was Hassan Whiteside. And Clifford said after the game that Whiteside was the difference. Uh, he took over after picking up that technical foul for swinging an arm at Cody. That seemed to sort of shake him out of his slumber. Uh, Cody's been known to get under the skin of opposing centers, David, and usually it's to the advantage of the Charlotte Hornets. Not this time because Whiteside followed it up with three straight field goals, the last a powerful dunk that put the Hornets down nine, but it felt like way more, just zapped the Hornets' energy, and then he then he followed that up with three straight blocks, two of them on Cody Zeller. So yeah. Whiteside was fired up. He finished with 13 points and 20 rebounds. You pair that with the three-point shooting, which I want to get back to, David. So they allow 21 threes, three-pointers made um, last night. 
And then the previous night against Washington, they allowed 17 three-pointers made. They've allowed 897 three-pointers made this season. That's an NBA record and not the good kind. Um, what's going on? Like I think think threes are trending up, Doug, in the league. Um, I did. Yes, obviously. Listen, I know that the Hornets have some issues with with guarding the three, Uh, both in terms of just philosophically, they're going to allow more three pointers attempted because they they tend to sag back and want to protect the paint. But also they've had some issues with just effort guys closing out, you know, short closes, that kind of thing. But I mean, part of me looks at that and goes, they, they can't possibly be the worst three-point defending team in the history of the NBA. I, I feel like part of this has got to be a little just bad luck. Am you I crazy? Ja- you mean James Jones going... Uh, That's what, what I'm talking about. 20, 20 of 21 or whatever. Well, listen, so, yeah. I mean, Clifford... Nine to seven. Right. Clifford talked about after the game, David, that he was upset with the penetration of Drajic and Johnson and others getting into the lane. And there was certainly plenty of that. But seven of the first nine three-pointers were just the Miami Heat passing around the perimeter or, you know, just off of a screen and spotting mm-hmm. up and knocking it down. The Hornets could have been a little more aggressive, sure, but they would have they would have risked allowing that penetration. And then, as you said, in the second uh, second half, James Johnson was just hitting step-back threes. Like, what are you going to do when James yeah. Johnson is hitting step-back threes? He was squaring up, knocking it down. Uh, those had very little to do with penetration other than the fact that the ball was penetrating the net. And, and, and I just think, like, some of that is just bad luck. It's weird to look at this box score, Doug, because really the only scoring outburst quarter-wise they had was 34 points in the third, which was not good. Uh, but you think when they hit all those threes, they'd have, you know, like a 40-point quarter or something. But, I mean, you know, 27 in the first, 25, and then in the second, 26 in the fourth. It's like it was just a weird game in that they hit so many threes. Like I said, the Hornets were still in it at times. Um, but it seems like that's happened more often than not. Well, not more often than not, but it seems like there's been a guy like that, right? Like every few games for the Hornets. Yeah. Not the main guy, uh, not the star, not the guy you game plan around, but it's the other guys that have the ability to beat you, and that's where the Hornets have not been able to keep up a lot of times. It's not It's not the main guys. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the others, as Shaq likes to say. Yeah, and, you know, Marco Bellinelli had to leave this game. He, he looked like he jammed up a couple of fingers on his right hand, tried to tape it up and give it a go, but eventually had to go back into the locker room. So that certainly hurt not having his ability to, you know, move the defense and shoot the basketball uh, certainly hurt them on the offensive end. But this is the second straight game, David, that the Hornets have come out of the half and been and, – and the other team decided, okay, we're going to lock down the defense – and uh, shut off this Cody Zeller roll man game and, and really take them out of their game offensively. 22 points in the third quarter for the Charlotte Hornets. And I just think, you know, obviously it would have been nice for the Charlotte Hornets to make the playoffs in terms of, you know, building a winning culture, you know, establishing multiple playoff years, et cetera, right. et cetera, on down the line. But I think these two games really pull back the the curtain, if you will, and say, look, if they made the playoffs, that it's a 4-0 blitz. You know? I mean, it, because I think that this team, um, it just it can be game-planned. Yeah, and I mean, it seems relatively depth. simple to shut them down offensively for a quarter. And, and then if you're, th- you know, you're going to be blessed with, with shooting three-pointers. 
Because, yeah. you know, I, I think we need to do a study on the colors teal and purple and their effects on three-point shooting. I need There's a scientific study it. with four scientists. <clears throat> There's got to be something to it because I'm with you. It's not like this is a bad defensive team. I mean, that's not – but they've been bad. Not a times, great one, have, but it's not, not – yeah, I just don't yeah, think it's, it's been horrible. the worst three-point defensive team of all time despite the, the 897 three-pointers. Right. <laughs> I just, I just can't, I can't deal with that. I need to believe in chaos at this point. I need chaos. Mm-hmm. Chaos is actually comforting me at this point. It's official. Podcasts are where advertisers want to be. More and more people are listening to podcasts every day, and studies show that podcast listeners are some of the most engaged consumers out there. If you have a business or service, consider a sponsorship on Locked On Hornets. Rates are affordable, and you'll be supporting the best Hornets talk anywhere. Send an email to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com for more information. Um, Let's talk about something fun which is uh, Marvin Williams and his half-court shot that brought them within one uh, at the break, at the at halftime, and uh, three-quarters court, we would say, maybe half-court. At least, at least, yeah. yeah. Um, and so first of all, let's talk about the shot. So I don't – I'm going to get a little sports radio guy here, David, if you don't mind, if you'll allow me. Please. Um, I don't like when players don't take the shot. We see this all the time now. We saw it, Marco did it in the first when he he calls for the ball, and the time is winding down, and he just takes an extra step, and you can see it like he's not going to shoot. He's going to shoot it just after the buzzer, and it's like, oh darn it, I didn't get mm-hmm. it off in time. But it's it's they know that it's it's going to hurt their shooting percentage because the the chances of hitting it are are much lower, and so they they just sort of pretend to shoot it. And I don't like it. It doesn't. That's not sports. You you play to win the game. You shoot the ball, and so a lot of respect for Marvin Williams shooting the basketball, especially yeah. because Miami had just scored two straight buckets, and the momentum was theirs, and and that was an important bucket. Um, but you shoot the basketball, Whoa. David. Yeah, you mentioned that previous possession. Certainly good for Marvin. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Shoot it up. What do you got to lose in this situation, right? Well, people think, oh, well, it's going to hurt my shooting percentage and that hurts my contract negotiation. Forget that. Like, shoot the basketball. Okay. (laughs) He shot it. He shot it. Everyone out there, shoot your shot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. Shoot your shot. Hey, but real quick, that (sighs) possession, the Hornets left a little too much time. I think, uh, was it Nick or – they came that allowed them to come down and, and get a three off. Um, that was not ideal use of the clock there. I don't think, but Marvin kind of saved him by hitting that, that desperation heave. So ironic that Marvin hits one from, uh, you know, half court and all years and kind of struggling, but that's, that's the way it goes this year. And he hit the shimmy too. Let's talk about the shimmy. So the shimmy was nice. I didn't expect it. You don't expect it from the, from the elder. That's, statesman, an old, that's a, yeah, it's an old man shimmy. I'm putting it right up there behind Kemba's. I think Kemba's still has the crown, uh, just because of the situation and the and the um, <laughs> the miss. <laughs> so let's Captain Kurt uh, helped me out on this and got me video of all. F- these are the top four shimmies. Okay, so we had Christian Wood on the bench. It was the pretty sh- good. That was good. Um, it had some subtle artistry to it. It was a full mm-hmm. body shimmy. It wasn't just the shoulders. I mean, he was he mm-hmm. was almost doing a weekend. It was almost a weekend at Bernie's shimmy, Uh-oh. and um, no one was no one was watching it either, which I found strange. Like it wasn't 
there were it no was, it was like a tree falling in the woods kind of right. deal. If Christian Wood shimmies, but only the camera catches it, is it really a shimmy? There's some question uh, there. But you have to admire the dedication to the craft. Right. I'm with you. <laughs> he, he wasn't doing it for attention. No, he was just doing it for the love of the shimmy. Um and then you had Kimba, as you mentioned, amazing unintentional comedy off the charts. Uh Kimba, we know, grew up learning dance, so Despite missing, despite missing the shot, he didn't have the mechanics quite right on the shot, but he had the mechanics spot on for the shimmy. He knew the finer points of that dance maneuver. Uh, also, here's a hidden gem, David. How about MKG's shimmy? Again, props uh, to Captain Kurt one. for yeah. hitting me up with this video. We'll post all of these on Twitter so you can take a look for yourself. Um, MKG got caught on camera with a what I'm calling backwards vertical shimmy, so his shoulders, you know, the shimmy, I wish you could see me right now, David. I'm, I'm kind of hitting it a little bit. It's this like a visual, it's the, a visual medium. Right. <laughs> this is not great for the podcast <laughs> medium. But the shoulders, if you can imagine the shoulders, the shimmy, they sort of go forward and backward. It's a it's a three-dimensional dance maneuver. They don't go up and down. Okay? They don't go on the X and Y. It's more of a Z axis maneuver, right? So this was, but this was a vertical shimmy. His his uh, shoulders were sort of going up and down, and he was moving backwards. So there's a lot of coordination. There it was alternative. It was different. Also, he could be protecting that labrum. Maybe the shimmy doesn't lend itself to the labrum injury. You don't want to pop that puppy. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I this stayed up till I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning. This is where we studying are. shimmies. Now, you, you won't get anywhere else, folks. This I, is, I this is the that. kind of analysis that you get with Locked On Hornets and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Lo- every day. <laughs> Keep an eye for Locked On Shimmies next year, our special okay, podcast so within a podcast. Finally, we get to Marvin's last night. He got Here's what I love about Marvin's more than any of these others. Marvin might get it for me just because he got down into def- in a defensive stance. <laughs> he got like his knees are bent. He's low to the ground. And, he's which big only on seems right. Fitness. He's the proper he, form he's, for for an, for an older guy. My my basketball coach back in the day used to say, "Form over fatigue. When you get tired, lean on your form because your form, your shooting form, doesn't get tired. So you got to respect. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Muscle memory. Right? You get tired exactly. Muscle memory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all kinetic, man. Um, or wait, kinesiology, right? That's like muscle memory. Anyway. Um, that's what I said, muscle memory. <laughs> that's what I said. Um, Marvin got down in a defensive stance, and I respect that. And I think that's what he's all about. It's about it's about the fundamentals for Marvin Williams. Also, yep. you had Eric Collins behind him screaming, hum diddly dee, which sort of added a fun element to it always as well. does always does <laughs> all right so i'm going marvin with this one you're going kimba okay. i'm going kimba but more importantly we want to know what you think we're going to post these online on twitter twitter.com forward slash locked on hornets let us know what you think who hit the best shimmy is it christian woods uh weekend at bernie's is it kimba walker's unintentional comedy shimmy is it mkg's vertical backwards labrum protecting shimmy or is it marvin williams fundamentals defensive stance Shimmy, form over fatigue. Oh. You let us know. Hearing from the people. All right, let's talk about one more thing before we get out of here. And that is how 
we are living in a golden age of NBA basketball. And one could argue, I think, we are living in a golden age of sports. I think sports, imagine, David, growing up, being like 14 or 15 years old, sort of peak, I feel I feel like 14, 15, sort of peak age for sports appreciation. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't have much to think about. The world hasn't really smacked you across the face yet. You can you can afford to spend three hours watching Sports Center. I don't know if kids do that these days, but that's what we did. You know, we spent no, hours. They don't just, spend three hours. They don't. Spend three, no one spends three hours doing anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, what I'm, but you know, you pop on the TV. You just have it in the background. I mean, so what I'm saying is, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying is, you could you could really dig in. I think at 14 or 15 years old. All right. So okay. imagine being 14 or 15 right now. You've seen some of the most amazing. You've seen Cleveland win an NBA championship. You've seen mm-hmm. uh, the Patriots come back from 28 to, to 3 to win a mm-hmm. Super Bowl. You've seen the Cubs, for God's sakes, win a World Series after uh, being down or blowing the ninth. And then yeah. extra, I mean, it's just crazy, okay? But if you just take the NBA, which is what Reddit user VGATV did in a post titled, Things We Never Thought We'd See But Have in the Last Two Years – this is amazing stuff that's happened. I'm going to read off this list that he put together. All right, so I already mentioned Cleveland won a title. LeBron James comes back home, which I don't think anyone really expected to happen, wins a title for Cleveland. We've seen 73 wins. We thought 72 and 10 was unbreakable. We've seen a, a trip we're about to see Russell Westbrook average a triple-double for a season. 41 triple-doubles for Russell Westbrook. That was the record. Oscar Robertson, he's about to break that. 403 pointers, Steph Curry. Unanimous MVP, Steph Curry. This has been, and he writes, this has been one of the most remarkable stretches of NBA basketball pretty much ever. I can't think of any stretch post-merger that comes even close. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about records being broken at a pace that we haven't seen since, like, the Chamberlain era. And really, Chamberlain's 100... David, I think is like the only. What else is left? Uh, I'm sure there's some obscure thing, but that's the Scott big Skiles one. That's has the an assist one. record. I think. I think he had 21 assists in a game. Mm, that'd that be, could happen. That'd be really tough to break, but I could see Russell yeah. doing that. He could. Yeah, he could do it tonight or tomorrow, <laughs> whenever. <laughs> I can't. Think, yeah, I'm trying to think it. of any other record that really because I thought 72 and 10. I thought 72 and 10 and 100. Those were the numbers the in the one. NBA that were yeah. untouchable. And then the Warriors touched it. Oh, they touched it. All right. Pretty crazy, man. Yeah, 72 and 10, I think, is the big one. The triple-double, honestly, I don't think anyone ever saw that coming. Uh, Russ is going to do that. Uh, so pretty crazy. Uh, that's that's the big one for me, the triple-double, I think. To and be if, living around and when, when that is happening is pretty cool. I think you want to know my theory on the MVP race right now? I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. If I had a vote, I honestly, I know who I'd vote for, but I, I don't. I know who I'd vote for. Who? Russell Westbrook. See, okay, <laughs> you're you're going to you're going to lean into my theory, and I like this. Here's my theory. I think people right now want to be contrarian and say, well, you know, James Harden actually is, uh, you know, much better facilitator and helps his team in more ways and is more efficient, people, and that's why yeah, he should be the MVP, be. right? 
but I think this this tends to happen sometimes. Don't when, make it. Don't don't overcomplicate it. Right. You over. That's it. People overcomplicate it and say, "Well, I don't think we should vote for Russell Westbrook just because he's he's averaging a triple double." But then once Russell does it, once it's in the books, once it's official, and he, he breaks both, he breaks the Oscar Robertson record, and he takes home the triple double. People will go. I can't deny him. They will yeah, be I mean, overwhelmed Oscar. with the history, and they'll do yeah. it. And and because and I, you know how I know, because people are saying, "Well, I don't know if Russell Westbrook will even make second place. It might, that may go to Kawhi Leonard." This is That's, no, I don't. On, this is polling. This is polling at its best, right here. This yeah. is exactly what happened in the election. That's why I know well, Russell Westbrook is going to win. And like Oscar didn't win it that year, right? So I mean, there's all these arguments out there uh, for and against, but I mean, I just think it's exactly. such an amazing feat. And and he's done, and he's I think he's done enough with the team that that it's like it can't be a, a knock against him. But, and it's just incredible what he's doing. If you watch the game, if you watch him, he is everywhere. He's literally everywhere. He's playing every night. I mean, so is Harden. Uh, and he's been fantastic too, but it's just like that's the story of the season to me, and I think that goes into the MVP voting. I mean, it should. It's like I'm a an, theme of the, what was what was the season? It was the Russell Westbrook triple double season. I'm an NBA writer. I, I'm not, but just let's okay. imagine I'm an NBA podcaster, but I'm not an NBA mm-hmm. writer. But just imagine I were. Okay, imagine I'm a national NBA writer. Okay. What's the more interesting story? That Russell Westbrook is having an amazing season, but he doesn't deserve MVP, or uh, Russell Westbrook is uh, doing all kinds of fantastic things, and he all but has the MVP race locked up. Like the first story is way more interesting to write, but I think once they sit down with history, and, and I think they're gonna they're going to disregard the Oscar Robertson didn't win MVP argument, and and I, and I think a lot of people would look yeah, back yeah. on that and go that was a mistake, and and now they're going to look at, at Russell Westbrook's historical season and say, all right, I know I wrote that thing. But I can't deny this man the most valuable player award. Yeah, I think we it would can, be a shame. Uh, we, we can break all this down. We'll have Justin on because I'm sure he has some thoughts on the other side. <laughs> when He's we're a James Harden guy, when we're sports bad, like I feel again, I feel like we're in a golden age of sports. Uh, any strike season is bad. Yeah, um, like 90s. So. Yeah, late 90s. I think. Right. Yeah. Like post Jordan. I think that's the last time I feel like sports were really, really bad. Certainly a void when MJ left, for sure. Not just the NBA. I mean, just, just we're, we're getting yeah. great sports across the board. Even hockey. Yeah, even hockey had that weird thing where where the fans voted mm-hmm. in the the guy that didn't deserve to be in the All Star game, but it was a whole kind of big deal. Like that was fun. Yeah. No more crying about officials in the in the championship game. It's everything's great. I'm fine with it. <laughs> You're totally over it. (laughs) I was never under it. I'm good with it. (laughs) Uh, They did a good job last night at the arena of celebrating uh, the Tar Heels victory. Good. Yeah. They had a few. They had some. uh, They had a thing on the Jumbotron. It was was good. Good. Got a couple. Yeah. Got Marvin Williams. You got to you got to you got to respect Marvin Williams and get that stuff up on the board and North Carolina fans in general. And the under. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> Forgot about that guy. All right, that's uh, that's it for this show, for this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets and on Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. This is where David. I'm gonna I'm gonna put something out here. 
And this may seem uh, counter to what you would think, but this is when the show gets fun. Uh, we're, we're going to we're starting to <laughs> transition right. into postseason mode, even though the Hornets aren't in the technical postseason. Show's going to get fun, so stick around, subscribe and rate, and tell your friends that uh, this is the best place to get your Charlotte Hornets news and analysis. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a great podcast, by the way. I just want to preview this. First, we're going to have Nada Edwards on, so automatically it becomes a great podcast. But we're tight. This is going to be a theme podcast. It's all about what is left to cheer for. There's a lot of stuff left to cheer for, and we're going to break it all down. What we're cheering for in the NBA, what we're cheering for in terms of the Hornets, and what we what will we be cheering for just in terms of everything, pop culture. Maybe, maybe a little politics, maybe some other stuff. Who knows? It's going to be a fun podcast. So you want to, you want to subscribe on iTunes and uh, check us out tomorrow. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked on Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.